Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Pod. Pod. I don't care. You were right on time. No, but it was like a millisecond behind you. Well, I'm I'm just glad we got into this without any sort of technical issues whatsoever. It's just straight on into the recording process. Smooth as butter. No screwing around with laptops for a while. (laughs) Well, hello, Fers. I'm your host, Internet Keith, and welcome to Football and Other F-Words. We're going to be talking about the Mr. Big Chest. We're going to be talking about... The, the are NFL we really? Are we, are we just gonna keep calling this motherfucker Mr. Big Wait, Chest? Would you like to? He's asked to be called that. Wait, what was the name I came up with him for? Senior Torso El Grande. <laughs> Senior Senior Torso. But I was Del told that you did Del, Del Grande. Yeah. Del Grande. But I was told that you could say uh, Senior Peco Grande. No, I like Torso del Grande. It's more redneck. <laughs> <laughs> Much more redneck. Torso Torso Del Grande. Please keep introducing us. I'm like something you We're, we're talking about. about Mr. Torso del Grande. Yes, we're talking about. The NFL Combine and free agency, as is tradition, I'm joined by hooligans. Uh, this first guy, he's so excited that Jason Witten is out of the booth and back in shoulder pads at Zebo. Am I? I kind of like Jason Witten in the booth. What? Am I the only one? <laughs> you gonna sit there and tell me you like Beth Malwins as well? Yeah. Oh. I thought that. I thought really thought for sure it was gonna be them two next year in the booth. Beth, if you're a fan, I'm you're, you're a flip flopper. <laughs> you are a flip flopper. Um, next up, we got a. Uh, we got a guy who wants you to make sure that you tag him in all your Twitter mock draft posts. It's Mike Miracles. That's not true. That is false. I tag him away. You Please can follow, don't. You can follow him Please and tag don't. everything tag, at Mike Miracles. Tag as much as I love likes, mock drafts. He likes hardcore <laughs> politics, anything draft related. Go for bonus both. points. <laughs> bonus points if you have the Titans taking a uh, a wide out or or a no wait sorry a linebacker. Yes. Yeah, inside yeah. inside linebackers. Just all your inside linebacker mock drafts. And, uh, yeah, if you've got any mock drafts where you take Joe Biden, um, <laughs> I, I'm here for it. So and let's and go. Uh, C.J. Mosley fan fiction all the way yeah. to uh, Ooh, Big Mike. Ooh, yes, my favorite. <laughs> uh, next up, we got uh, the guy who caught Patman Jones cheating at the Rising Star Casino and ratted him out. It's Mr. Lebowski, <laughs> my, Michael Gillum. How are you doing? I don't doing? know about that because I feel like I'd get spit on. <laughs> on a side note, I saw somebody throw a hamburger at another car yesterday. That's so pretty was, great. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Your week's going good. I it didn't was, know no, you were in great. Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we have an extra special guest. Um, we've got Buck Rising. How are you doing? Why the fuck is it taking so long to get to me? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm sitting here 20 minutes into the goddamn intro. Is it, God, where, where, who comes up with these backstories, by the way? Like, uh, who is responsible for These are, these for are facts. <laughs> <laughs> how, how dare you? How dare you? We are a trusted news source. <laughs> I'm wonderful, boys. Great to be back. I invited myself back this time, uh, so you know how much I enjoy your company. And... Being able to say motherfuck into a microphone. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited to... Ex- it, this is going to be my release. This is going to be my therapy today. And it's not even going to cost me 220 bucks an hour. Yeah. Very and and we for. didn't have to commit any crimes yet. 
Yeah, yeah well, listen. <laughs> I love that the first time that I do this shit, I, you sneak me into somebody else's home <laughs> who isn't here and don't tell me until about halfway through the podcast, which I think ended up being like 90 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And then the second time, the owner of the house is in fact here, but I'm not good enough to be in the physical house. I'm relegated to the garage. Welcome to the garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely setup. That you we all we have like there. to call it Studio B. <laughs> <laughs> studio A is, you know, for other guests, this is Studio B. Sure. Yeah. Uh, B actually stands for Buck. This was the uh, the Buck Studio. Okay, so I not only do I get my own month, but I get my own studio. Well, the month is still in negotiation. The fuck it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love how Withrow and Hutton come on here, and they're very professional, and they're very reserved, and I'm just so excited to yell fuck into a microphone. That's what we love about you, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> just no, comp- no, no professionalism whatsoever. That's Thrilled right. to be back. Join us next week. We're going to be broadcasting from Zach's bedroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're just all going to be on the bed. Pillow for it. <laughs> Pillow for Pillow it. Here for, for it. Uh, so we had a mailbag question that was uh, Buck Rising specific. So ah. I'm going to ask it okay. to you. Uh, Sal Texas Titan asks. I hate that person. <laughs> <at work. laughs> who, is, who is that person? <laughs> I want to know. We I have, want names. We have six <laughs> listeners. Don't don't make it drop to five. I, I, I want this. Mar- I want this person's Twitter pelt on my wall. <laughs> no, we have six listeners, including everyone at this table. <laughs> don't run off our own listener. He's actually just outside the garage. Yeah, we'll, we'll have words after this. Go ahead. What's his question? His question is: At what point did Buck's voice drop? Was it a gradual change, or did you just wake up one morning just talking like a radio guy? <laughs> So I haven't always sounded like a forty-five-year-old man. Uh, I am. I am convinced it was the combination of puberty and chemical enhancement because I took to tequila and cigars at a very, very early age, and surprisingly, uh, it does not bode well for your vocal cords. Yeah. So I have always, almost always, sounded like this. Um, I'm trying to think of when exactly it was the moment when my balls dropped. Probably <laughs> right around the time I saw my first censored Girls Gone Wild commercial at 3.45 in the morning on Comedy Central. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the inside scoop. So I'll say, I'll say about 2002. Yeah. Mark, are you old enough to remember scrambled porn? I'm not. You, oh. you might just catch. A, 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 is that is it a nipple? Is yeah. a titty? <laughs> no, a hundred percent. I remember the first porn I watched, and it was called the Bear Winch Project. <laughs> oh <laughs> my and, god! And let me say, they were all women. Was it? And wait, they wait. had huge. Tits. Wait, I became wait. a tits guy at a young Zeebo. age. Zebo, was it smut or was it porn? It was just porn. It was very classy. It, fall- it, was like a, it was like a It cinematic. followed. Wait, you know, so no, smut it, is I the don't... less classy of the two <laughs> genres? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. oh, my it, God. Smut's like one step above snuff. <laughs> mean, do you know what snuff is? Oh, I know what snuff is. <laughs> All right, like, keep us on track, Before, please. The God by the way, their, tobacco, their mom right? listens to this. Oh, no. Religiously. Oh, no. They, they played a game of porn or smut at Thanksgiving. I'm so sorry. That is not true. <laughs> I, I feel so terrible now. We're looking forward to the Mother's Day pod when we're going to have her on. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm not going to be able to look around. I was just talking about my balls dropping. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Uh, well, Mom and other <laughs> listeners, uh, we have a very important announcement that we need to make, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. I'll let oh, you am do I going to do it? Yeah. Did we decide on time? We should probably have talked about that before we got on the air. <laughs> no, but you can tell yeah. where we're going to be. Okay, so uh, for the draft, 
We are going to have a live show, and it's going to be at the Corner Pub underneath 505. It's at the corner of 5th and Church, a huge sports bar. They're going to allow us to have a whole back section of the uh, bar. It's, it's really long, tons of TVs and everything. Uh, we'll be down there probably starting to set up around 1, probably go live at 2, and we're working on actually using Spreaker to actually broadcast live. So not only will we have it in podcast format, but we... We're going to try and broadcast actually live as uh, it progresses, but only for the first day. Am After I allowed that, to I stop by? Yes. Oh, Can I come hang out? You're oh, required to stop by. Yeah, you actually <laughs> already promised us when we came on your show. Oh, well, this yeah, is you, awkward. You probably you probably don't remember this, but you signed something. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I am, I am just constantly drunk. Uh, so it's, it's a very difficult thing for me to remember things uh, when I'm just soaked in tequila. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, that's awesome, guys. Yeah, That'd be great. Yeah, be and we would love to have uh, folks come by and uh, say hi and jump on the pod with us if yeah. you want. You know, yeah. we, we, don't be, want, we don't want actually time to, Southwest yeah. Texas Titans fan or whatever it was. Uh, South, South Texas, Texas Titans. Titans. What is this man's actual name? Because he James. is con- James. again. James. This is like the Charles Barnes <laughs> theory. If I if I <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> if I James. recognize if I recognize <laughs> you as somebody who is consistently in my mentions, then we have issues. <laughs> Tell me your no. Tell me your Twitter handle. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to go over there. Well, you can take it up with him. He'll be there. Not Charles Barnes, but James. Yeah, Looking I don't. I don't think Charles is gonna drop by. No. Hard pass no. on Charles. Barnes. Do you want to do the uh, giveaway announcement now? Yes. Or? Giveaway announcement. We are. I think we just broke over 900 Twitter followers. Woo-woo. And uh, so our thousandth Twitter follower will get a For the Ville Draft Tennessee uh, shirt. I'm actually wearing a. I'm sick, so I'm actually wearing a female girl, uh, my fiance's hoodie, because it's very thin, but it also keeps me cold, and a draft Tennessee tank top, because then if I get really warm, I could take it off. Yeah. To be fair, we're all wearing women's clothing here right now, so (laughs) I've been cross-dressing for years. (laughs) (laughs) They they call me Nashville's Marv Albert. (laughs) (laughs) That that explains all the uh, the nail polish emojis and stuff like that. That that makes a lot more sense. You can hate on the nail polish emoji, but nothing gets my mother fucking point across as well as that shit when i've when i've defeated you when when i've been brawling with you for days hours and hours upon end in the twitter sewer when i hit you with the nail painted emoji that's how you know you've been best (laughs) the twitter sewer how how many times would you estimate charles barnes has gotten the the, uh, nail polish oh my god (laughs) charles barnes you you i i know how frustrated you get mike with and now all now that all of you are are venturing into this uh into this particular medium you you are getting tagged in things with regularity uh, as somebody's who, who as people whose opinion matters on such things, and also it's the greatest suffering in the history of sufferings <laughs> because they never fucking stop once they've started. So yeah. Charles Barnes has been has been frequently hit with the painted nail emoji uh, <laughs> because he's an idiot that thinks he should be scouting for a professional football team. <laughs> Where, I mean, honestly, I deserve it. Let me let me get a round of applause. <laughs> oh, let's go. Oh, I, yeah. you no, know, no, that was Give just that. The- hey, yeah, that. There we are. This is a professional operation around here. Uh, yeah. So Charles Barnes, kick rocks. There you go. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Hawkeyes. Let's talk about uh, a certain tight end that you guys are enamored with. Well, I'm I'm going on the Locked On <laughs> Titans podcast. To con- I mean, Jimmy's invited me on. Jimmy Morris, Ooh. who. Uh, Who's been very confrontational? I with, hit Jimmy with the painted with nail the, emoji the other day <laughs> with the TJ Hawkinson <laughs> thing. I, I feel like I need to clarify at least my position. And I think it's the same position as uh, Lebowski and Mike, who have been drugged 
dragged into this. Uh, We've been drugged. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Drugged. No, you all hate Delaney Walker. <laughs> yeah. I think it's apparently with a passion. That's what I'm pretty apparent. Like the, the vitriol is palpable yeah. in this room. We don't hate Delaney. We are being a little bit realistic that he's a 35-year-old. He's going to be 35 coming off of a gruesome ankle injury. If anybody can come back from it, it is Delaney. But that does not mean from a roster-building standpoint you should just say, oh, our tight end group is fine. We're also not saying that you should draft TJ Hawkinson over everyone. There are people that we would take over TJ Hawkinson. I don't think that's true. You don't think that's true? <laughs> no. Are you, are you, you guys you right? guys are reckless. Just listen. This Hawkinson. This fucking Hawkinson. Where they have, I do I do draft specific topics of conversation. Uh, on the Wednesday pod, Tackling Music City. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> rate and review our podcast first. We're, we need some reviews. Do them both then at the same do. time. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. Do both. Yeah. Multitask. Uh, and every damn draft analyst that I have on tells me how great of a player TJ Hawkinson well, is. To be fair, you do ask them about TJ Hawkinson. Because I have to now, <laughs> because you assholes are leading the charge on Twitter. <laughs> and now I... <laughs> Oops. Now no, I've no, got sorry. Charles Barnes in my mentions talking about TJ Hawkinson. Hey. Look at who your allies are. <laughs> Paint, painted nail emoji. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I would like, like Zach said, it's not a Hawkinson or bust. We have to have a tight end in the first round. There's no other positions I'll accept. It's a he shouldn't be wiped off the board because he's a tight end, period. I, I think it's it's – He's in play. He's not the only option. Right. And Noah Fant would be another one. Yeah. Not to go down a tight end hole, but I'm not if Ed Oliver is there or if Garrett Bradbury is there, I'm technically taking one of them. If one of those top tier edge guys that's not named polite, I'm gonna take one of them. Oh, no, I mean so <laughs> I mean there are people that we would take over. It's just that yeah. by the time any mock drafts usually happen, most of the guys are the good guys are gone and you're left with a Hawkinson or a Cleland Farrell, who I would still probably Cleland, take over. Cleland. Cleland, Cleland, he would tell you to yeah. to your face, Cleland. Well, maybe he should spell it a little bit different. Uh, it's, the, it's a it's a family. He actually had a cool story I saw from the oh combine about his name. I tweeted out cool. the video. And I'm Did a you? huge Cleland Farrell uh, uh I would stand, take Cleland so over I, TJ He's Hawk. not going to be anywhere close to 19. I don't think so. Nor either. is Hawkinson. And I, and, and mock drafts, Buck, I'll tag you in my next one. And that's the thing. And I know, I know Jimmy, Jimmy has been anti-Hawkinson, and a lot of that comes from the fact that he desperately wants a pass rusher. I don't think any of the top pass rushers, the more we get into the draft process, I don't think, you know, obviously Bosa, Quinnen Williams, um, and Josh Allen are pretty much pipe dreams. I think Burns, Sweat, and Farrell are all gone by 19-2, so – you're going to be left in probably not Oliver, probably not Gary. Um, you're going to be left with like would Christian take, Wilkins. Would you take Gary over Hawkinson? I, I don't think I would. I, Gary scares the shit out of me. Buck, you just came from the combine. Gary over Hawkinson? No, I think, listen, for, for the, the, the battle that I've been fighting uh, is the anti-first-round wide receiver battle. I think Hawkinson would do wonders for this offense in, in a way that Marcus Mariota needs somebody to do wonders for this offense. And because, like, like you're saying, it's, it's not anti-Delaney Walker to want to be prepared for the inevitability that one of them, either Delaney Walker or Jonu Smith, will not be fully right when they both come back off of IR. This is, this is totally a precautionary measure 
uh, and Ferkser. I, I would not dare blaspheme <laughs> Anthony Ferkser. Not who on this by, pod, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> who, by the way, my my single my objective as soon as that locker room opens back up for uh, offseason conditioning is to get in Anthony Ferkser's face and tell him to give you a message <laughs> that is football and other effort yes. specific. That is the least that I can do after yes, harassing you all to come back on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Hawkinson, again, Hawkinson, I don't believe would be there. I would so take uh, TJ Hawkinson over Rashawn Gary because the, the attributes that you want from Gary uh, exist, but the, the production is not there in a way that concerns you. And there are, like, I'm not really sure what he is. Mike, you would probably be able to speak to this better than I. I don't. I don't watch nearly as much tape as you do, but the the I, I just can't figure out where exactly he fits, yeah. um, especially in this defense. And 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 defenses are becoming more and more positionless, uh, especially up front, in a way that I think you can play with a guy like Rashawn Gary. I'm just I'm just of the opinion that you need somebody that is going to have a more immediate impact and not somebody that you need to take a couple of weeks to tinker with and figure out what the hell he does. Yeah, I, no, and I completely agree. I, I don't know. He, he's probably he's athletic enough to be an edge stand-up outside linebacker, but that's not really what he's ever done, so you don't know that he can do it for sure. He's probably not quite as big and – but, I mean, really, if you look at how he played, he played better when he was inside at Michigan than he when he – was on the edge, so right. I don't I don't know what he is either, especially <clears throat> excuse me in a base defense. And I think if you do put him inside, he duplicates a lot of what Jarrell Casey already does for you. So you know C- Casey's not going to play forever, and it would be great to have another interior pass rusher. But like you said, Gary has almost no production, so we don't really know that he is that great of a pass rusher. That he will be a great pass rusher at the next level. He could just be a really good athlete but not a very good football player. I'd take Christian Wilkins over Rashawn Gary. I think I'd, I would I'd, too. I'd, everything that I know about him, everything that I have seen from him on tape, everything that you talk to people who have been around the Clemson program and scouts who have paid closer attention to the career of Christian Wilkins would indicate that he is, this is the consummate John Robinson player, mm-hmm. uh, especially considering where they're picking uh, assuming that John doesn't do something like he has every other year that he's drafted and moved around in the draft because these are these are not things that we can uh, say with certainty. He's about the most unpredictable motherfucker uh, <laughs> I've, I've ever tried to follow, not that I'm following a ton of drafts, but uh, he, Christian Wilkins is really, really, really intriguing to me. Um, and I just, you, you, don't, you don't beat Andrew Luck by trying to outscore him at this point. Um, and I don't know, nobody knows what Marcus Mariota's situation is going to be. Uh, but I think if you can, if you can, if you can not suppl- supplant, but supplement Marcus Mariota and that offense with a running game that is solid and a defense that is fucking nasty, you do that because that's the only way I think you're going to be able to keep pace with the Texans and the Colts. All right. Yeah. To summarize, Hawkinson or bust. Yes. yes. <laughs> think, Hawkinson over everybody. I think we have consensus. Yeah. Trade up all of our picks to get Hawkinson. I, I think Whatever so. Whatever it takes. Absolutely. No, but we're not going to have – you're not going to have any picks because they're all going to Pittsburgh. To the, to the Pittsburgh for oh, Mr. Big Chest. Mr. Big Chest. That's right. Let's, Man, let's he let's just in, did a transition it. for you. Yeah. It's like it's he knew almost, that was our next he's, topic. He's a professional. It's almost like I do this. <laughs> So let, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, where where where? where do you, <laughs> Poor Keith. I'm not sorry, only does Keith. Buck can, no, can steal fine. the transition. Then then uh, Mike's over here guiding the conversation. Yeah, let's talk about that now. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Enjoy being like, quiet he, for 20 minutes. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's not talk he about missed that. An I'll episode. be in the car. <laughs> talk about your schedule, coach. <laughs> Fucking SEC media days. Talk about your schedule, coach. Well, South Carolina's always a problem. <laughs> <laughs> then you get to Florida and that swamp and... I mean, they're the ones who invented Gatorade, so you know, I mean, they've already got a leg up there. Gatorade's probably got some, some weird shit. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so y'all, y'all remember when Gatorade was lime, just lime, not lemon lime, lime, and it I'm, came in I'm, a glass I'm bottle. It. <laughs> get, away from, get away from a mic. Um, so we have a timeline. Friday, allegedly, is allegedly. when we're going to find out what's going to happen with him. Thank Christ. Yeah, I'm ready for this to be over. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of hearing about it. Uh. The Raiders are what I've heard are the front runners. Is that what you guys are hearing? I mean, it's kind of logic. I think it's a logical front yeah. runner. The Raiders are the only team in the draft with more than two first round picks. Right. Yeah. They have a smorgasbord of bullshit at the top of the board. <laughs> I just want to work smorgasbord. And if them. you're able to turn Amari Cooper into AB, that's pretty impressive. It's certainly not normal Raiders. Uh, I think I think you're going to get a mixed reaction yeah. here because I think that some people think that because Amari Cooper's young, that means. His his age balances out how much worse he is than Antonio Brown. Uh, here's here's the thing to me, and it, I think Antonio Brown is a, an upgrade. If if you were looking for a normal team, I would say Antonio Brown for Amari Cooper. You want the Antonio Brown side of that deal a hundred times out of a hundred. Except the Raiders have spent the past year tearing their roster apart, trading away Cleo Mag, trading away Amari Cooper, accumulating all these draft picks to rebuild and gear up for their Vegas year because they want to be good when they get to Vegas or they want to have some exciting marketable pieces when they get to Vegas. And now you're going to go and flip that that asset that you got from Khalil Mack or Amari Cooper for a 31-year-old receiver who is going to be, what, 33 by the time you're in Vegas? Like, the timelines don't match up for me with the Raiders. So. I don't know what the hell they're doing, and I don't know that they know what the hell they're doing. So that that's why I have a problem with them doing that. Not that the player's bad. It's just, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Do we even know where they're playing yet? Uh, they're they're back playing in Oakland. In Oakland. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, is it my turn? Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Let me just let me just tell you guys how fucking shocking it is that I think that we that we find ourselves here today talking about Antonio Brown because so I go up to the combine in Indianapolis um, and Friday night I myself and everybody else who is covering the combine coaches scouts agents everybody is out on a mission to get out of the cold and get intoxicated like the drinking culture <laughs> in Indianapolis for the NFL combine is something to behold. Um, <laughs> And so, at about 11.45 Eastern time in Indianapolis, Schefter, whose tweets I have on notification, drops that bomb, and literally half of the league is in the same bar, and everybody just looks around and goes, what the fuck? I mean, I I shit you not, I hear from across the bar, and I won't name names, but I hear an AFC executive go, the fucking Titans? (laughs) Titans? <laughs> as one of the three teams, and I know Zach already has a guess as to who it is, and I will not confirm, nor deny. Uh, but literally, we're all sitting in the bar as this news drops, and everybody is just scrambling because you know, people have to actually do work now uh, outside of the net. Do you think he did net- it on purpose knowing that you oh, guys 100%. were all drunk? <laughs> He's like, oh, watch this. These guys are all drunk, and I'm just going to throw this fucking out there. This shady motherfucker Adam Schefter, <laughs> with his six phones and the people who he has to handle handle his phones to make sure that he never misses a call. 
This is the only man working at the Indianapolis Combine while everybody else is doing what they should be and getting sauced. Uh, so it's just, it was laughable to me when that came down and the three teams that were mentioned were Washington, the Raiders, and the Titans. Uh, and there were, I mean, Such an eclectic mix. Honestly. But, the, but two of them make sense in Washington and Oakland because John Gruden, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. And Washington has been throwing too much money and too much draft capital at players past their prime for 20 years. Uh, Albert Hamesworth, I believe the 10-year anniversary of that was just recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the, this whole thing, in the conversations that you have with people up in Indianapolis, the Titans were almost there by default because of how few teams actually wanted this dude. Uh, because of all, all the Mr. Big Chess stuff, because of what he's doing on the shop with LeBron James, because of what he's doing with Jeff Darlington, and then this ESPN long-form interview where they're sitting entirely too close to each other in what appear to be actual thrones. Uh, I t- <laughs> and because Drew Rosenhaus represents Antonio Brown, Andrew L. Casey, and Jack Conklin. Yes, Keith? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was checking time. Listen, oh, okay. we, we have our own communication over here. The hand signals? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Advanced stuff. Do you want us to clap like seals? <laughs> I mean, I already got applause, and I was impressed as hell by that. Regardless, what the? It's 2019, and I think that would be racist. <laughs> Just a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so the Titans land here by default because they just happened to inquire doing due diligence, and they were one of the only three teams that did. It's not going to matter because they're going to get outbid because John Gruden is – nobody knows. Like, I, would, I think people would be shocked by the number of NFL teams that actually don't know what the fuck they're doing, uh, as evidenced by the fact that Donovan Smith just got a big extension in Tampa Bay and that Alex Okafor <laughs> and Cam Jordan are celebrating <laughs> yeah. it publicly on Twitter. That was amazing. Which is so fantastic. Or the fact that Josh Rosen <laughs> – Who's getting ready to get traded away for a third-round pick? Like, the NFL is so goddamn dysfunctional, uh, which is the only reason why I cover it. But uh, so the, the, the Raiders thing makes the most sense because John Gruden is unpredictable, and he has a hard-on for 30-year-old receivers. Um, and Jordy Nelson is evidence of that, and Antonio <laughs> Brown is like his wet dream. So I would imagine that when the news comes down on Friday, if it does in fact uh, see if the Steelers are in fact COBing people uh, by Friday, that it is going to be the Raiders because John's going to overspend. John Gruden is going to overspend, and he's in in reality not worth more than a third round for what he is going to do and what he could do for you at his age. I'm done. All right, continue well, with your hand signals. Let's uh, let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. All right. Well, uh, you mentioned Josh Rosen and well, hold the third on. I want to go back to Mr. Big Chest. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah. go for it. Uh, no, we're not done here. We're, we're not done with Big Chest. <laughs> I throw meat on that bone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I thought I filibustered long enough to get the fuck through this. I've been on. I've been fighting this on Twitter all day, Zebo. God damn you! Well, I just want to know that the offer that's there's obviously an offer on the table with the Steelers of some sort, or they wouldn't be putting on a deadline of Friday trying to get more more. Bids on. I, I don't know. Is there? I, this I sounds, feel there, it, could, it could be it, posturing, but too. but it also could be like a shit offer, and that's why they're trying to. Uh, get no, more that's, that, there is a good. It point. certainly yeah. sounds like they don't have a first round pick offer. They, yet. they don't have the offer that they that's, want. Because yeah, if they yeah, had the offer yeah. they wanted, they would have already accepted. I'm telling it. you, it's one team bidding against themselves. 
you so yeah. you just think it's the Raiders? I, I don't think the Titans – I think the Titans made an offer. It will, probably was a second or a third round pick. If it was even that, yeah. and I imagine it would be a Demarius Thomas situation where they got in late just to see if somebody would bite. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering, though, if that's not the offer on the table. If it's not the Titans' offer of a low-ball offer of some sort. Uh, I mean, it could be them. It could be the Raiders. It could be – I mean, it could be any of the teams that have been mentioned at this point. But I, I would say I would be shocked if the Titans – the the Raiders, if they want to just go crazy and get them, they can get them. And it doesn't mean that John Robinson's not trying to improve the roster or anything like that. I've, I've seen a bunch of people going after Robinson already today preemptively – for missing out on Antonio Brown before he actually even misses out on Antonio Brown, which drives me crazy. But it, you don't get, you don't build a roster by being the drunk guy at the auction that's just like, oh, well, I'm outbidding this guy no matter where it goes. No, and, but it would be so much more fun that way, Mike. <laughs> and if it's three first round picks, who gives a shit? They're all, you know, in the future. We'll worry about that later. <laughs> They're not a like, sure thing. Trade them all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's not, it's not prudent business. To, that's yeah. not the way you should go about it. Like, oh, it's I mean, Madden. yeah. How many? How many teams? You don't have to have, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot too. Look at the other teams that went to the Super Bowl. You've got Patriots and the Rams. Who was the best receiver on the field that night? Maybe Edelman. Edelman, yeah, Edelman for sure in that game. But like overall, out of the those players, yeah. Cooks, Cooks maybe. I mean. You don't have to have Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, whatever, to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, having an elite wide receiver is great, and it helps, sure. But I, the more I study football and what actually matters, wide receivers are a function, largely a function of their environment, more so than they are dragging a team to a championship or dragging a team to an elite scoring offense. It's it's the quarterback, it's the offensive line, it's the play caller that are the like nucleus of an offense, and that's what the Titans have to improve upon. And you know, two of those pieces, we already know what they are. So, I think you try to improve the offensive line first and foremost. Of course, you try to get better at receiver. You always try to get better at receiver, but I don't think you have to have Antonio Brown to have a good passing offense next year. In a sport that is so wildly. It, positions are so wildly dependent upon each other. Wide receiver, I think, would be the most mm -hmm. uh, out of all of those things. If you take three years off of Brown's age, is the way he's acting now, does that cancel it out? Oh, no, he's still a fucking psychopath. I mean, no, he's still <laughs> a psychopath. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, does that increase the interest of teams that are looking at oh, him? Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. Is it the yeah. age and him acting like an unhinged psychopath? He's no, literally no. unprecedented in the history of the sport. Nobody ever has had six consecutive hundred catch seasons. It's just, it's not been done. And since he's been on the Steelers, they've never had a losing uh, season. They've made, I think, the playoffs or one more playoffs game than most everybody in the NFL except for like three or four teams. So I don't I don't really I mean, want to dwell on this, but I want to I want to drop this like a hot turd and move on. <laughs> Please do how <laughs> how fucked up is the Steelers locker room, Tomlin, you name it, that they're gonna lose Le'Veon Bell and A B. Like what and the be fuck? happy and about be it. happy about it. Like what the fuck is going on there? I had Will Graves of the Associated Press in Pittsburgh offer to send me a case of beer if the Titans traded for Antonio Brown because <laughs> how much a fucking headache my life would be. Jesus. Give it to me. I Damn. want it. 
I, I would I, I would love to see Antonio Brown here just because one, I still think he's an outstanding football player and it would be fun as hell just to watch it. Um, regardless of what happened. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I would give up more than a second round pick at the very most. And even then You're going I'd be higher than I would. Pretty cautious about that. Um, that would be with the thought that maybe we could trade back from 19 and pick up another pick somewhere in that top 100 range. But you're going to have to make draft picks, too. I mean, you traded up twice last year. You had three guys make the roster from that draft class. You have got to get draft picks because that's how you get cheap labor. That's how you get under the salary cap. That's it, Draft picks are so important because of that reason, more so than – you know, it's a it's a dart throw at a good player. It's it's getting cheap labor in with potential to become to find the next A B or whoever. Or the next Josh Rosen. Keith, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> Do you think that having a pick in the first round is a necessity while, since we're hosting the draft? Oh. Like do you think they're making decisions based on that? No. Because that's what some people think. I think that's ridiculous. I, I that's listen, even with Buck's comment about the dysfunctionality of the league behind the scenes. No GM that is not had some sort of recent stroke is even thinking about <laughs> I'm hosting, unless you're Jerry Jones, maybe. I'm hosting the And if the you're draft, Jerry, I'm, you couldn't tell because that's just his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was mean. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, Jerry. but you're not wrong. But <laughs> no, there's, it's not even like, it's not even worth debating. There's no way that that's being thought about just because. Nashville's hosting the draft. I think it, I think that's absurd. next question. Ah uh, no, I think Buck's got something. I um, he's painting those nails. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is an audio medium. People can't see me. Theater of the mind, Lebowski. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think John Robinson would do that. I do think it changes the way that people view it because I saw Austin Stan. And so I won't take credit for this, but I saw Austin Stanley on Twitter say of A to Z Sports. Uh, that people in Nashville would not give a damn uh, about swapping the 19th pick for Antonio Brown if the draft wasn't in Nashville. And that is something that I do agree with. Oh, no, I, uh, I can I can see that from a fan perspective because most fans are literally insane. I, I could see, <laughs> quite, quite literally, fanatics. Yeah. Uh, I could see John Gruden doing this because John Gruden is the $100 million man and Mike Mayock is mo- mostly just a figurehead, <laughs> even though he's the smartest motherfucker in football, and we miss him dearly, although Daniel Jeremiah, I think, did an excellent job uh, this year managing all the draft responsibilities and even sitting through that three-and-a-half-hour conference call with us, the accumulated... <laughs> Uh, the accumulated media asking him one question per person on a on a conference call that oh was literally goodness. the longest suffering. Three and of a half hours. I'm telling you, Mike. Good I waited Lord. an hour and 17 minutes to ask about <laughs> fucking T.J. Hawkinson. <laughs> I just, yes. Like you yes. want to know why I'm done with T.J. Hawkinson? <laughs> you all, all right, you people, and I do mean you people, have driven me to this place. When we started this a year and a half ago, I never would have thought that we would have had any influence on Twitter whatsoever. <laughs> but between that Thanks, and Buck. Sean Mannion, no. What did I say? Oh, sorry. Uh, what the Sean fuck Mann. did I say? I said if you mentioned Sean Mannion, I will buy a carpet, <laughs> even if you do not have carpet in this lovely home of yours that I had to break into once, but not not once but twice. I will buy you carpet. I will bring the carpet here, and I will pee on it myself. <laughs> God damn you in your manuary. Uh, manuary I'm done. Was such a crazy month. Oh, oh my goodness. Um. Let's, let's talk about Kyler Murray since Ugh. everyone's talking about it and how tall he is. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals are not going for him, right? 
Uh, I mean, is that really? I think is it, it real? I think it's real. I don't believe it. They're putting it. They're putting things together for their coach, and the coach really likes Kyler Murray. And I think that I, I would listen. N- literally nothing. Like a- after the Robert Kraft thing, uh, literally nothing in the NFL would shock me. I guess that's true. <laughs> and I again because of because of the aforementioned dysfunction. Um, it would not shock me at all to see them ship Josh Rosen off for a third and then go draft Kyler Murray. They, it would be literally anybody who would take a guy like that in the first round would be unprecedented, and that is not something that we've seen in the league. But the Cardinals are doing things differently than we've ever seen people do in the league. Uh, and Cliff Kingsbury is, I mean, he's the kind of guy that you could make, in theory, you could make something like that work. I have, I have no idea whether it would be whether it would be feasible, but I don't think it's out of the question. What does everybody means. think of Kyler Murray and his does he, personality? Does he think that he's going to the Cardinals baseball team and nobody's just corrected him? <laughs> <laughs> nobody's just said anything. What do you, let it happen. What do you guys think of him, I, like, per- personality All right, I, I kind of started off thinking... I, all right, I, I'll say this at first. You hate I, him. I think he's a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a jackass, but I've got to have a little bit of sympathy because I think he's got too many people in his ear. Sure. It was his, his dad I think his, apparently his, follows him around and goes to all his yeah, media stuff. And his like, father sounds like a, a quieter version of LeVar Ball. It's like a like helicopter just, dad. Just all, yeah, but just in team, his ear. But as do you want that? Like, I, I personally think that I don't. I, I don't care that he's a jackass. I think he's a literal idiot. Like, I do not think he's very smart. And I think there's truth to what Charlie Casserly said. I don't have any faith faith that he can get in front of a board and do all the stuff that teams are going to ask him now now he may be training now to do that because all that's out and maybe he can he can learn to do it but I, I think his IQ and maybe it's just because he is a jackass and maybe I'm misreading the vibe from all of his interviews I, I think he's a jackass too, but I think he's an idiot jackass. Like there's nothing. <laughs> My God, there's there's nothing redeeming besides his athletic ability. His physical attributes are awesome. Besides his his height, that's the only thing anybody can. And height really doesn't matter because once you snap the ball, you're about five yards away from the line of scrimmage anyway. So I mean, height isn't as big a deal as what everybody wants to make it out to be. And whether he lied about the height or whether the combine or NFL rigged it, I love that story. I mean, that's just it's yeah. Yeah. that that stuff's just white noise to me. It's the way he carries himself and the just the sentences and that he forms. I just feel like he doesn't fully grasp what it is he, to be a human. He doesn't. See, I, he doesn't grasp the magnitude of what he's going through. I feel like because. The way he just on the Dan Patrick show, the way he answered those questions, so it's like, awkward. How do yeah. you, how are you not prepared or like, how, how are you not trying to present yourself a little bit better than this? Knowing that, I mean, Dan Patrick show is a huge show. I mean, people are going to see this, um, you know, I just don't get it. And to me, you know, I, of course, I'm a Texas alum and really for Texas football and everything. So he's both an Aggie. You biased son of a bitch. He's both an Aggie and a Sooner. So I am bred <laughs> and conditioned to hate his guts. And I do, as any good Longhorn would. But hook him. I, I, yeah, hook him. Uh, so, but I've followed his career because he was a huge recruit in Texas. Um, so I've followed him since he like the recruiting cycles and stuff like that. He was a five star recruit. He went to Allen High School, which famously has like a twenty five thousand seat stadium for their high school football. That's nicer than like 
probably 90% of like division one college football stadiums. Um, and they went like 43 and O or something like that with him as a quarterback. He never lost a game. Um, then he goes off to college, five-star recruit goes to A&M, um, gets there, was recruited with another five-star quarterback. Didn't like the way he was being treated because he wasn't given the reins right away. So he leaves A&M under, you know, uh, after throwing a huge fit with Sumlin and ends up at Oklahoma and eventually, you know, this year comes around and he's playing. So I think he's he's a guy that's been treated like he was just God's gift to football and God's gift to baseball his entire life. And he is a phenomenal athlete. Don't get me wrong. Like, I I think I was just as scared, if not more scared of him than I was Baker Mayfield watching Texas and OU play. But – I think attitude wise, I think he's a little bit of like a petulant brat. Like that's just the way he comes I, that's, across. You that's know? the thing. I don't necessarily think that he's a complete idiot. Yeah. I think he's a brat. Yeah. That's and his I, father is telling it before every interview, before every discussion that he's having with people, who gives a shit what they say? Yeah. I think well, I think he feels like he had the number one pick already wrapped up and like he doesn't have to do anything yeah that's my point i yeah. feel like he's being told that it doesn't matter what you say which got to me that up. that's that's really bad and stupid fucking advice and because whether you have it wrapped up or not things change in the nfl on a daily basis if you have a bad pro day because he didn't throw out the combine so if he has a bad pro day mixed with all this shit that he's got going on i mean who's gonna really want to to draft kyler and his dad like I don't know. I mean, like I mean, it, it seems didn't like it stop w- uh, Alonzo from yeah. going. I think what, the, yeah, but the NBA is a totally different. I think the talent's atmosphere. there though, and I don't and know if in, you, I don't know if he's NFL talented. You can be, be a brat and still succeed in the NFL. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's had a great oh, career, he's 100% and he's a brat. A brat. <laughs> uh, Cam Newton's a brat. <laughs> he hasn't had a, that's a great career. I, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I don't think being a brat is a real. I don't think being. I'm sorry. Did I say something wrong? I think he can Allegedly. be an asshole and Allegedly. be good. Yeah. I just don't think he's very smart. I really don't. I, I do not think that he has the IQ to translate to the NFL. Well, and if you're if you're good enough at throwing the ball and and you have the right offense, you you can you can totally succeed. Well, doing he's it. not going to have the right offense because they hardly have any shit good to. They don't have any offensive weapons. They don't have any protection down there in Arizona. It's a shit roster. Didn't stop us from drafting Vince Young. <laughs> Well, speaking yeah. for the petulant children in the room, uh, <laughs> I think that wasn't that funny, Lebowski. Fuck off. <laughs> speaking as someone who's been told all his life he could do whatever. I mean, literally, <laughs> yes. Uh, it doesn't matter how smart he is if you're going to a place that can manufacture offense. Who just hired a coach who is known for manufacturing offense, the Arizona Cardinals. I think that they can that they feel that they can supplement what he does well with what Kingsbury does well and create a system that works around Kyler Murray. Like, I think that's what the – in theory, if that's – and this is all speculation. I don't have any sources on this or anything. I think that that would be the objective that they are approaching this with. Um, the thing that stands out to me is like what you're talking about with the Dan Patrick interview – uh, and what happened with Ja'Kai Polite at, at the Combine. Oh, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> That's those two interview hit Polite's interview session and Murray's appearance at the Dan on the Dan Patrick show concerns you because these guys are so over prepared 
for these interviews, that the interview process with the teams has almost become useless to them because they're prepared for all the weird shit you're going to say. Agents and people who are taking them through this process have it down to a science so that they're, they're like the purpose of, of uh, a t- a Team X asking if you have both your testicles is to see how you're going <laughs> to respond, which actually happened to a cornerback this year, by the way. And that's not even the, that's not even the worst shit that's been asked at the Combine. Uh, they are looking to gauge your reaction. They are looking to see how you react when they put on bad film because they know that you can do things well. Otherwise, you wouldn't be fucking at the NFL Combine. Um, they are, But that is why the polite thing in the interview session, Combine performance aside, because that was shit, uh, and Kyler Murray's appearance on Dan Patrick give you such pause because if they are not being adequately prepared, how much, how much, how much is that going to bleed through towards their career as a professional? If they're not willing to put in the work to do even the simplest of things for the biggest draft or biggest job interview of their lifetime, uh, how much, how much is that going to bleed through through their personality? How much is that going to carry over uh, once they do make it? If they do in fact make it as professionals, I think that stands out to me about the whole Kyler Murray situation. And Jakai Polite's just a jackass. Yeah, uh, that was that was that was more, one of the most bizarre interview sessions I've ever been a part of because Teron is asking him, Teron Davenport, ESPN.com, the big homie, what's good. Uh, Teron is asking him how you supplement or how you make up for a deficiency in terms of size and length if you're an edge rusher by using leverage, which by all accounts sounds more complex than it actually is, especially if you've been paying attention to anything that you've done at your craft for four fucking years at Florida, or three fucking years at Florida. <laughs> and this man acted like he had never heard of leverage in his life and just kind That's of stared, stared at us uh, and then repeated over and over and over again that speed was his primary pass rush move. And then when somebody asked him what he looked like on film when he wa- or what he thought of himself when he watched himself on film, he's like, well, I don't really watch myself that much. And then acted as if self-scouting was the most foreign fucking concept he'd ever heard of. Like, Ja'Kai Polite was a treat. That was that was the craziest <laughs> thing, and I did not realize that until I listened to your pod with uh, Emery Hunt, I think it was. Uh, Look at you, plug. Yeah, yeah. It was great, by the way. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, I didn't hear that part. I had just heard the part about him complaining about teams bashing him. Sure. I didn't hear the the segment about him saying that he doesn't watch his own tape. That's insane to me. If I'd have been like, any good at my job, I would have played the actual fucking audio that I had, but I didn't. <laughs> I forgot. That, that's just wild. I, I mean, that like like you said, that makes me more concerned about him than anything else because well, and, he, and his, not to bring up Jimmy again, but that's Jimmy Morse's boy too. The like it, the oh Jimmy no, Morris not just loves Jimmy. polite. A that's, lot of people. And, and let me tell you, I've been off polite because I just feel that what I watched on tape was just a guy who disappeared for long stretches of time. And he's a situational player. Yeah, and then he only really had one good year of production. It it just when it came to edge rushers, he was towards the bottom of my list, and people were like, Well, we have to take an edge rusher. Well, that's what who I meant when I say, Well, is it really is it really good to take the sixth or seventh best edge rusher over the best tight end, which we talked about in the podcast a couple of weeks ago? And he's exactly who I had in mind, and he just reinforced what I thought about him that whole combine. And I'm just like, yes, thank you, because that's this, <laughs> you know, sucks for him, but it's great for me because it makes me look right. <laughs> well, that's what's that's really all right. That's all that matters. I <laughs> <laughs> was so delightfully self-involved. <laughs> No, it's um. So, I polite to me. I, I think there's a clear five pack of edge rushers at the top, and then polite is somewhere in that second group now. And, right. and 
I don't know that there's any of them. And I guess it depends on what you consider Rashawn Gary, whether that is a guy. I would probably put him more with the polite group than I would with the, you know, Bosa, Allen, Byrne, Sweat, and um, Farrell group. Those five right there, if the Titans could get one of those at 19, that is a very interesting thing because I think all those guys have the potential to be, you know, 10 sack guys in the NFL. I don't, I think that's about the list though, for me at 19 outside of that, I'm not going edge. Interesting. Well, let's assume that Kyler goes to the Cardinals. Would you be okay with the Titans trading a third round pick for Rosen? Hmm. I'd be okay with it. If I mean, Art, we've kind of come to a consensus a little bit that Marcus is probably broke. I mean, he's probably not going to make it uh, after this year. I don't, I don't know that I will go with you on that. He's probably broke. I think there's a chance that that's true. Yeah, that's what I, I say. Well, that's what probably means. No, it means that there's no, a no, chance. no, no, no. Hold on. <laughs> there's a chance and probably don't mean the same thing. Well, in my mind. Yeah. If I say there's a chance there's? it's going to rain tomorrow or it's probably going to rain okay, tomorrow. Okay, well, I get what you're saying. Yeah. There's, yeah. A chan- there's a good chance that Marcus is broke. There's a chance. I would leave good out of that. Yeah, I was good, about to say, good you, chance. You, you, probably. You, you, like you see how easy it was to talk him off <laughs> that position? He goes, I think Marcus is probably broke. I think there's a good chance Marcus is probably broke. Uh, there might be I a just want to get off the broke. semantics. I'm trying to move the, the conversation uh, forward. Well, doing a shit job at it. A well. good chance implies like <laughs> 70% chance or something like that. I, I, I think, think with Marcus's high. history and his nerve issues, it, it's probably – I think I'm looking at it as – there's a 60% chance in my mind that Marcus is not here after this season. And he, Josh Rosen's cheap. He's $2 million for the rest of the year, which is, ex- I think, close to what we're paying Blaine Gabbard. Gabbard makes yeah. a million. And, and a half. he's better than Gabbard, at least. So you're at least getting a young backup. And if Marcus is not broke, if it's that other 40% and he comes back and he's awesome, we still have a really good young backup. So, I, I mean, if you're talking about choosing Rosen in the third, and I know you're really high on Ripian, Mike, and Ripian in the fourth or fifth, wherever you were guessing to draft him, I would take Rosen in the third over both over that option. I would probably do that too. I, uh, the only hesitation I have on this, because I think a third for Rosen is a great value. Um, I think he's, he's a good player. I think he was in a terrible situation last year. It's it's hard because I almost feel like with young quarterbacks, it's so easy for them to lose their confidence and start seeing ghosts if they get stuck in a bad spot early. And I, I think you can ruin a good quarterback by doing that. And so you want to try to I get... I have a pretty good example of a ruined quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, but Rosen, I don't know if he's to that point yet. You know, so... Do you think getting him here and maybe putting him in a little bit better situation, if you could surround him with you know a little bit more talent, maybe that pulls him out of it? And even if Marcus does end up being the guy, like you said, you've got a good backup, and if he shows well in some preseason games, and let's be honest, he's probably going to get some snaps in a real game at some point. If he shows well in that, maybe you rehabilitate his draft stock and end up flipping him for a first in a year or two or something like that. I, I think from an investment standpoint, I would be willing to make that gamble on Rosen. This is I, I looked at Keith really, really funny when he said this because I thought this was one of your bullshit fuck around questions. <laughs> uh, but 
Those come later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still waiting for my wiki page read. I'm, I'm they're, all, they're all bullshit. <laughs> I'm very upset that's not, that's not what we started with. But <laughs> We're renaming the pod that, actually. <laughs> bullshit fuck around questions and other F words. Listen, I would five star the hell out of that. Um, here, I struggle with this conversation because of how things played out last season and the information that not just I was given, but Teron Davenport and Paul Kaharski and Travis Haney. And all of us were led to believe both on and off the record that Marcus Mariota would be playing week 17 and then at 6 a.m. on the day of the game, the win and in situation against the Indianapolis Colts, they leaked it to Mortensen and it just, you know, it made us all look like fools. Uh, And I felt and I still feel to a degree, uh, and I've been talked off this position as, as a, a fair amount, but I still have a little bit of, of, of hate in my heart about it, uh, that we were used to help sell tickets. Uh, because if Blaine Gabbert knew that people were going to, that if people knew that Blaine Gabbert was going to start that game, then they would not show up. And that Listen, is, I don't even think Blaine Gabbert knew he was going to start that game until that morning. He might no, not have shown up either. I mean, and, that's how he played. And I, I, I find that more plausible now. The day of, I was not happy. Um, because I thought we were done dirty. And so when I'm told recently to expect a much different Marcus Mariota in 2019, I don't know how to take that uh, from people that I've talked to. I, I was told that he was that he was down in Can- Cancun for Quentin Spain's wedding. And oh, wearing every- a horrible shirt. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was hideous. Well, listen. God bless the man, but he may be a, he may end up being a fantastic quarterback. He is never going to be a fashionable dresser. Oh uh, he you. is, <laughs> but it is it has been said publicly by Marcus Mariota himself that he is expected to make a one hundred percent recovery, uh, non surgical, and that the issue was just going to be resolved by rest. I would push back on that and say nerve issues don't ever go away, especially when you're needing to see a spine specialist at the end of the year because your career and future health issues could be at risk. Uh, I just I just think that stuff lingers in a way that you're not going to be able to fully be right from it. Um, so when I'm hearing things about, well, he's he is making good progress and he is expected uh, to be back and full go and a much different player – in 2019, I don't know how to take that because I don't want to put my name on it again because uh, I don't like the way I don't I still don't like the way that that situation went down, whether it was an honest mistake or not. I it's a it's a long bullshit response in ter- in terms of in terms of yeah. t- trying to You're answer your question. You're expecting our bullshit questions and look at this bullshit <laughs> answer. Well, because this is such a fucking hard thing to talk about, man. I mean, for God's sakes, like you, your quarterback situation here in Nashville is fucked. Uh, yeah. But and it has been. Yeah. I think I think that he can still be a good player. I don't ever know. I don't ever know if he's going to be what he was in 2016 because I think the fractured fibula did a lot more damage than people expected to, or expected it to. Uh, and I don't think his footwork and and his his ability to process because of <laughs> because he's afraid he's going to get his shit rocked uh, ever really made the made the necessary recovery that they needed it to. Um, I would not trade a third round pick for Josh Rosen. Uh, because I still think that Marcus Mariota is going to, and, and perhaps perhaps I'm buying too much of the hype and watching too much. I've, I'm doing this god awful off season project where I watch every touchdown pass he's thrown, and and there's a well, diff- it should be quick. Was that like five minutes? 
He's only throwing. There's only 11 of them. Yeah. Really? Oh, God. What team are so, you on? It's so sad. <laughs> team pragmatism. That, no, it's it's totally fair. And this is this is the same as the Delaney Walker question. You you need to put aside your feelings for the guy personally and prepare for the future of your franchise. I just don't think you're at a point where you need to do that yet because I think that he's still a really, really special guy. And I think if you can get Tyrod Taylor for a couple extra million dollars a year, that you take that risk and hedge your bets with that uh, particular avenue because Blaine Gabbert played entirely too much football last year, and it's not Blaine's fault that he couldn't bail you out of every situation that he was put in because that's really fucking hard for Blaine. Future TMC podcast, Blaine Gabbert. Looking forward to having Blaine on next month. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what the future is, and the future is us signing Garrett Gilbert, the AAF <laughs> wonder kid, <laughs> Hook him. And, and winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> Like for the it. next five years. Uh, well, let's take a break, hear from our sponsors, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Titans and safeties. All right. So there's been some news recently about Cyprian uh, being released. Uh, do you guys think that was the right choice? Wrong yeah. choice? Was, I mean, he's the right choice. He hasn't think. officially been released yet, right? He's right. They're no, just, he's he's. I mean, well, not officially, but he's right. saying who, which team am I going to make look yeah. smarter in free agency? They've let him know that it's going to happen at some point in the near future, March thirteenth. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's going to happen, and it Titans look really smart, and I'll say this: the Panthers look really dumb right now because the market is flush with just safeties. In fact, Denver just got rid of another safety. Yeah. Darian Stewart. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It seems like every hour a safety is getting released into the market. And I, I mean, with Landon Collins too, I mean, it's going to be a good gamble, I think for the Titans, because they're either going to get Vaccaro for cheap or Cyprian back for cheap, or maybe even a third safety that we, we don't know about yet. Yeah. It, it's a, uh, it's amazing the level of talent that is going to hit the free agent market at that position and it seems like the NFL is continuing to scream we just don't care about safeties and we don't care about running backs and I mean I I think if you're looking at a defense and if I'm building a defense the last two spots that I'm worried about are safety and linebacker now Having a great safety can help, and depending on the defensive scheme you run and stuff like that, it can be a more important position. But for your average NFL team, I do think you can find guys at safety, you can find guys at linebacker that can do the job um, without getting you beat. Um, that being said, Vaccaro was a difference maker for the Titans last year. And I know a lot of people are seeing the flashy names like Landon Collins and Eric Weddle and, and stuff like that popping up. And while I think those are very good football players, I think you know that Vaccaro works with Bayard and with Dean Pease. And I think you could probably get him cheaper than those guys still, um, even with Weddle being like, what, 34 years old or 34, something like that. Yeah. Um, I'd prob- I still think Vaccaro coming back is the best case scenario. And I, I, I kind of get the feeling that that's where we're headed um, although obviously things could could change um, as long as there's not a official deal announced, so I find it interesting that they don't have at least something in in place, or we haven't heard about them having something in place in principle with Vaccaro, and they still let Cyprian walk because now they have uh, two safeties on the roster in Kevin Byard and Dane Crookshank, uh, because Kendrick Lewis, Brendan Trawick, Kenny Vaccaro, and now Jonathan Cyprian are free agents. 
Uh, and so now your cupboards are left pretty damn bare uh, in terms of the safety position. Now, the Weddell thing makes things more interesting because if you talk to people, I mean, Baltimore's all, perennially one of the toughest defenses to figure out. But in recent years, since they signed him from the Chargers, people who you talk to will tell you that the reason that made that defense so dangerous is because Eric Weddle was so damn good at disguising what they were doing defensively and calling the plays defensively for Baltimore. Um, I find that really, really intriguing, not as a primary option, but perhaps as a, as a, as a Vaccaro deal. I mean, I don't think you're going to get him quite as cheap as you did. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro off the scrap heap in August. But I think that if you can get Vaccaro for somewhere between seven and eight million, and you make, and you make Eric Weddle your third safety in that regard, that changes the whole dynamic of your defense, and I think it makes you a hell of a lot scarier uh, than you were just a year ago, and you had a pretty good defense to begin with. Um, the reality of the NFL and free agency is that it's so it's so boring in some respects because players who have previous relationships. Uh, with former personnel people in different spots often end up going back to the people who they're familiar <laughs> with. Like that's, that's the, that's the bo- that's the worst part of free agency. Or, I mean, there's many problems with free agency, but that's one of the, <laughs> one of the ones that takes a little bit of the sex appeal out of it. Um, but I think, I think that Kenny Vicar, I think that it's telling that the, that the deal is not in place or that we have not heard the deal to be in place with Kenny Vaccaro based on what we're saying about how diminished the free or the free agent safety market is, uh, and that they feel a lot more comfortable. I don't know what I don't know what it is about safety. Maybe Mike, you can answer that question better than I can. Um, but it's just been devalued in a way over the past three years that I'm I'm a little surprised by. I think safeties are still pretty important, even though if everything's going right on your defense, that not, they're not really involved in the play. Right. Yeah. And and I'm I'm kind of like you. I think you know. Safety is it's, it's just a weird position right now, and I, I don't know that, like I said, it's not probably as important. It's certainly not as important as cornerback. It's certainly not as important as pass rushers, defensive linemen. I think it's somewhere in there with line, like inside linebackers um, as far as value goes, and those are just spots that the NFL just doesn't seem to care about right now. But um, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see because, like, like you said, I thought as soon as we saw the Cyprian news, I was like, the only reason that they would be going ahead and doing this right now is because they've already got something figured out with Vicaro, and we're going to hear about that well, shortly. For God's sake, he was celebrating on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it seemed to be that that was, and maybe, Don't press maybe they do have something kind of where they're close enough that they felt good about it, and they're just kind of ironing out the details. Sure. But I, I mean,. I'd be shocked if they were just going to wait out into free agency and see what was there. I mean, I don't know. It's a great market for them because they can find for sure a starting level and maybe even a, a slight upgrade if they really want to. I don't think they're going to get into Earl Thomas or no. Landon Collins or anything like that because, frankly, you're about to pay Kevin Byard $12 million a year and you're not going to have a quarter of a $100 billion or $100 million <laughs> There's the math. A hundred yeah. billion dollars. You're not going to have a hundred billion dollars safety tandem. We're going to have the Navy <laughs> aircraft budget on safeties. <laughs> but so the you're least not, valuable position in the NFL. <laughs> Fuck it, spend all the money. Yeah, just twenty-two money. billion dollars. <laughs> so you're you're not going to pay twenty-five million dollars a year for your safeties, but you know, Vicaro, if you could get them for like the Eric Reed deal, seven or eight million a year, I think I think that's probably. I, your I best think you'll get them cheaper than. 
the Panthers got Eric Reed. I, I, I think they, I think they really jumped the gun and paying. Seems paying like Eric Reed. I think you are vastly underestimating the uh, the abilities of. You're vastly <laughs> underestimating me, Buck. Don't point at me. <laughs> <laughs> You're already on thin ice. <laughs> Bucktober is going to remain a thing, and until it is, uh, you will not point a finger at me, sir. Um, but David Mugaletta, who is Bayard's agent, who is Vaccaro's agent, who is Jalen Ramsey's agent, who is Earl Thomas's agent, uh, and who is also Deshaun Watson's agent, but that doesn't matter for these purposes. Uh, I think you're vastly underestimating how much leverage he thinks his client has and for the fact that he knows that they like him and that Kevin Byard likes him and that the defense works well with him. Uh, I think I think that I, – I don't think that it will be cheaper than $7 million, certainly not. Well – I will say this, though, bringing up Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle knows DPs. Eric Weddle also knows Kevin Byer. Didn't they Kevin really? Kevin Byer loves Weddle. No, they yeah, get along they, really well. They yeah. know each other from the Pro Bowl, and Weddle's, Weddle has this thing where he will reach out to young players and, and give them compliments right. or help them learn more about their game. So I'm wondering if that doesn't kind of hinder the Kenny V negotiation process. I think it throws a wrench in it that Kenny was not expecting. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't I, – again, at 34 years old, um, you know, I think, I think Weddle – I mean, who doesn't appear to be done? I mean, he was a fine player last year. I didn't was watch. Was he it. a Pro Bowler? Yeah, I think he played uh, the Pro Bowl. Uh, he only, yeah, I think. He I mean, make, yeah, the Pro Bowl was. Yeah, but I think flawed. He, he only had zero intercept. He had zero interceptions and yeah. in three pass defenses. So yeah. I mean, he wasn't at. And just the previous year before that, two years ago, was six uh, six interceptions. I don't remember how many pass defenses it was, but. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that stuff kind of fluctuates. It was still the safeties. best defense in football, and he was yeah, the sure. one calling the plays. Yeah. Um, so, I, for, from a statistical standpoint, like safety, gaudy safety numbers are not what's gonna what's gonna turn the tape or turn the tide for me. Um, I it'll be again interesting to see how it plays out. I have no idea what they do. I would be shocked to see them both end up back here, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be totally opposed to them spending uh, replacement level money for for Eric Weddle and then going out and trying to make a bigger play for Caro still. I think it's still totally feasible. Here's here's where Weddle's interesting to me. It depends kind of a little bit to me on what they have, what they think they have with Kirkshank. If they like Kirkshank and think he can be a starter within the next two years, say, and you want to bring in Weddle, who's one of the smartest safeties in the game, you know, Bayard's already kind of on that track to get there. You're given Crookshank, who you know was already going and spending one-on-one time with Bayard last last year during camp to kind of get extra film in and stuff like that. You're giving him a really good foundation to learn from and giving him the best chance to succeed if they think he's a guy with that kind of high potential as a starter. Um, so I, I think Weddle is kind of a mentor. I think Weddle for, is going to be a great NFL coach if he wants to go that route later down the road in life. I, I don't think he's, you know, he doesn't need to stop playing right now because he's still really good. But um, I don't know. Weddle is kind of a, a short-term mentor, um, kind of to bring Crookshank along and let Crookshank get a little bit of, of uh, experience working under a guy like that would be interesting. You proud of yourself, Lebowski? I am very <laughs> proud of myself. I was just passing a note, and I, I think we've got another sponsor, actually, <laughs> yeah. we, need to, we need to do, right? <laughs> Building right off that. Well, so – uh, my, uh, my Electricon ad was apparently a hit and, uh, I've got some news that, uh, that the company has released another exciting product. Okay. Tell us yeah. about it. So from the Lebowski defense system products, I bring you the child rear 3000. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Now as a parent, are you tired of hearing things like this? <laughs> I'm hungry. I want to play video games. I failed fourth grade again. Nevermore. 
with the Child Rear 3000, you can use this product to raise those little bastards while you concentrate on the important things like swinging with your neighbors and concentrating <laughs> on your second DUI. <laughs> With a built-in pizza oven, macaroni and cheese dispenser, and controllers that fling out of its robot-ass cheeks to play Fortnite, you can keep those little shit mouths at bay. The Child Rear 3000 also comes with the exciting DLC of abuse. (laughs) It also comes with the exciting DLC of smacking your kids around because the DCS frowns on that. I don't even know that I want to hear the second part anymore. (laughs) I'm so glad you did that in the middle of actually serious safety talk because we desperately needed that to break it up. Holy hell. Yes, please. Is that what what this device you've been clicking the entire time? What the hell is that? No, that's... uh, This is some kind of bottle opener and then I, I drew a, a penis on my phone. And <laughs> he's he's rearing children podcast, with, so. via remote right now. I yeah. mean, are we done with the child rear? I mean, I feel like there's more to the child rear. No, I think he had something <laughs> No, I mean, that's, that's, that pretty much... And the, How many installments much, that, of nine ninety nine is the, it? The child rear 3000. It's the nanny you don't have to pay for, is never going to ask for a raise, and is not going to steal your Vicodin when you go to work. <laughs> How soon do I have to call to get a free loofah? You need to call right now. 877-353-4444. I really hope that number dials like something serious. I really, someone's just, is this the child rear phone number? It said something about it'll smack my kids for me. I like that. I I busted out with the abuse part. I'm not saying you should abuse your children. I'm just saying, you know, DCS gets mad if you spank your kids these days, so now you can let the robot do it. <laughs> I mean, they're replacing us all anyway. Yeah, and it, exactly. it has controllers that come out of its robot ass to play Fortnite. Will so. it raise French Bulldogs? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's coming next week. <laughs> That's the fourth. It's exciting model. new products coming out from Lebowski Defense Systems all the time. I think Zach started a trend here with the French Bulldogs because Vaccaro's got one now. Jonathan Cyprian's runs around, or was, at, before he got cut, was running... <laughs> <laughs> that was mean. Was running was running around the locker room, peeing on the carpet in the locker room. Oh that the operation gosh. staff was having to clean up. Everybody's got these damn French bulldogs now. It's yeah. insane. It, it, let's not give Zach that credit, though. No, no, we, no he does absolutely not. We really. Don't. I wasn't crediting Zach. I was crediting Huxley. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that well, yeah, but by all means, who I did have to urinate on when I came in the building, but that was only to establish dominance. dominance. <laughs> right. He respects right. that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he sure as hell did. <laughs> <laughs> What, Lebowski? You look like you got a pee joke you're no, hiding. No, I don't. I, <laughs> listen, someone asked me the other day, I made a joke about something. I said, really funny. How'd you come up with that? And I said, well, listen. I, I'll what give, is that default voice you got? It's the, it's the, like, defenseless. I don't even know where to go with that. But anyways. <laughs> Dude, it's just defl- defenseless human. Yeah, just defenseless human. Just the, the person who just has no confidence in life at all. Uh. Is that, is this, is this our Uber? Oh, that's theirs. Sounds, but, sounds <laughs> a little uh, like Jim Gaffigan's exactly. uh, thought oh, voice. Yeah. yeah, that it is. It's kind of a Jim Gaffigan thing. But someone did ask me that. So that's really funny. How'd you come up with that? So you got to understand whenever I decide to say something that I think is funny or clever. Immediately to my brain, there's a list of like 10 items and I'm like, horrible, 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 horrible. We'll go with that one. Because I promise you, whatever came out of my mouth, if you found it humorous and somewhat offensive, you didn't hear the other eight things I said in my head before I got to that. See, I wish I had that on Twitter because more often than not, I'll just hit, I, I do, I do the thing that I often caution against, which is press send. I am not afraid to just, I just 
just brawl with people on Twitter, and then not only will I take them out, I will personally I, attack them. I said this on the radio today, and I've, I've lived by this, and it's worked 60% of the time. If you think to yourself, do I need to say this? Do I need to say this right now, and does this need to be said by me? If you can't answer yes to all three of those, then you probably shouldn't say it. At least even you're thinking I, things through. I just Even though it. I get to number two, and I'm like, fuck it, send it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be quiet a lot of the time, I think. Yeah, that's why I don't talk. <laughs> so. That's why you. He's just that's better, why you have better two, at this than all. That's of why us. you have two Twitter posts. <laughs> what, what are we doing time wise? Uh, I love that we always discuss we just, this on I, the podcast. I, I, we just don't care. Uh, hour and eleven minutes. Wow. I'm sorry. I talk. No, it's fine. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. It'd it's, be pretty bad. That's podcast the reason you, you invited <laughs> us onto this podcast. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's what happened there. It's just to listen to you talk. <laughs> it's, it's football and other buck words. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to play a quick game real quick right Uh-oh. before. Um, it's called the name game. There's, uh, there's some interesting names in this upcoming draft. Oh, I've yeah. made up one of them. <laughs> and I want you guys to tell me which one I made up. Oh, I'm fuck. Gonna, I'm so going to get exposed. I'm gonna this fail. first one yeah. should be pretty easy. Uh, we've got Greedy Williams. Yeah. We've got Lil Jordan Humphrey. Yeah. We've got Voodoo Tatum. And we've got Hamp Cheevers. Mm, I know. <laughs> get buzz. Yeah, go ahead. It's Voodoo Tatum. That's right. Is that like a TV character? I feel like that's, that's, a, qu- that's a quarterback from uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh, I knew I knew that <laughs> yeah. name from somewhere. Well, what's the last one that you said? Uh, Hamp Cheevers. He's a Qu- cornerback. Quarterback, Boston College. Yep. That's ridiculous. Ew, this is my. why. This I, is why. I want you to say that name one more time. Hamp Cheevers? Hamp yeah. Cheevers. Yeah. Is Hamp? it Ham or Hamp? Hamp. Hamp. As in like H-A-M-P? Yes. Yeah. Where do you play Boston College? Boston College. There is a sandwich shop up there that has a hamp cheevers. <laughs> I guarantee it. No one orders it. No uh, one orders it. I mean, right. Mike Vrabel's already hiring half of Boston College's coaching <laughs> yeah, staff. Absolutely. He's next. Second round. Evan Butts. We've got Poot Carr. <laughs> we've got Soso Jamabo. What? And we've got Bunchy Stallings. I'm going to go with Soso Jamabo. I know that's a real person. That is a Damn real person. <laughs> I, think I, I need a, you to be quiet. Running, running back from I, uh, UCLA. I think it's Poot. <laughs> Poot Carr is a character off the wire. Yeah. So oh, were, okay. Yeah. Okay. I knew Bunchy Stallings was a... Uh, I see that on the mock draft machine all the time. What was so the first one? <laughs> on the mock first one was Evan Butts. Evan Butts. Okay. He's a tight end out of Virginia. There's always what, a Butts. There's, there's the, a Butts in every draft. Why are Butts always tight ends? Because it's funny. Coaches have senses of humor, too. Tight ends, tight Butts. Okay. Okay. I see you. Tight Butts. Uh, and finally, last one. Uh, we've got Olive Sagapalo, uh, Squally Canada, Shy Tuttle, and Buck Ryzen. <laughs> oh, wait a second. I've seen your combine ad, so I, technically, are you I'm, technically in the draft? I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> the gas Shy draft. Tuttle? Shy Tuttle's a he's a Tennessee player. He's a Tennessee is he player? a Tennessee player? Yeah, I real. thought maybe he was a character. He sounds like the his last name is the way that like a child would say turtle. <laughs> Tuttle. 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 Uh, <laughs> I love that we all immediately <laughs> ran to the microphone and tried to say it. <laughs> Just a bunch of dumb children. That's all we are. Tuttles. Since no one's guessing, I'll tell you. Okay. Wait, wait, we're, oh, we're oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, are we, on, we are in trouble. Hey, are we on a strict time oh, frame? I all swear to God, I need the, the child rear of 3,000 right now. <laughs> Keith is so tired of sitting here just listening to us fuck around. <laughs> Speaking hey, of children. Uh, I swear to God. Why do we have children? <laughs> I don't know. Like... <laughs> It bothers me that he has control of that. We're breaking into people's <laughs> homes. There's a 
audience of children. I thought it was Mike's laugh for a second. I like turned around like surprised. I got disoriented. We've got Olive Sagapalu. I think that's real. Squally Canada. Sure. Squall- Squally Canada. Is Shy Tuttle not the right and one. Buck Rising. Squally Canada. Squally Canada. Squally Canada is a person. He plays running back for BYU. What the? F- it's Buck Rising. He's not a real person. <laughs> <laughs> I am a real person. <laughs> He will send you a fucking hate mail about you to prove it. Just, just wait till I get on Twitter for you not to see it. <laughs> well, uh, Buck, thanks for joining us. I'm even exhausted. though you're not a real person. And, I was about uh, to say, is this, is this, is this the height of my fantasies? Has yeah. this all been a dream? <laughs> this is where we tell you it's over. <laughs> Please don't ever contact us again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be on the lookout. We're gonna, we're gonna drop another bonus episode uh, that is Lebowski. Centric, kind of, I guess. Um, I'm super excited about it. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, efforts. We appreciate it. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, please. And visit Music City Miracles for all your Titans news and analysis. And also visit uh, Buck here. Do you have anything you want to pimp out? Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, Tackling Music City, name of the show. Yep. Podcast Monday and Wednesdays, live on Friday, 7 to 9 p.m., in the offseason, Teron Davenport and I will be doing a free agency special from 6 to 8 on ESPN 102.5 The Game uh, next Tuesday. So I'm not sure what the date on that is. I should probably have done that before I came in here to plug things. Uh, it's the 12th. But, 12th. Yeah. 12th. Okay, on the 12th. It'll be in the podcast feed regardless. So rate, review, and subscribe. There you go. Thanks so much for joining us. It's always, always fun, man. <laughs> always fun. I, yes. I appreciate you guys. Joining me on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a pleasure. We are football and other F-words, and you've just been effed. Are you tired of those little bastards coming to your room and asking for things all the time? Get the child rear 3000 in there and shut them up. I was trying to deal with my second DUI, and I really appreciated having the child rear 3000 around. (laughs) What are Bobby and Daddy doing? Let's go clean out the sewer system. (laughs) I don't even have children, and I want the child rear 3000 just for the sake of in the bedroom. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.